Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. And welcome back to Coast to Coast. George Norrie with you along with Robert Davis, Ph.D., back with us, internationally recognized research scientist and author. One of his books was The UFO Phenomenon. Tonight is The Unseen Forces. He has taught, uh, has been an administrator for the State University of New York, has more than been doing that for more than 30 years. Bob has uh, spoken about his research on effects of environmental and toxic stimuli on the brain and sensory systems and venues that vary from national and international scientific conferences. He's also written a number of other books, including, as I mentioned, The UFO Phenomenon, Should I Believe, Life After Death, An Analysis of the Evidence, and his recent book, Unseen Forces, The Integration of Science, Reality, and You, serves as the basis for a documentary called The Consciousness Connection. And he is now collaborating on and with co-producer David Beatty of Dreamtime Entertainment. Robert, you're keeping busy these days. Uh, too busy in retirement, George. It's a, it's a pleasure to speak with you again. How are you? Yeah, I'm, I'm doing great. Hope all is well with you, your family, and that COVID has not interrupted your life at all. Uh, it's affected everybody, unfortunately, but we're, we're moving on. And uh, thank you for doing what you do. Thank you. Let's talk about this latest work, Unseen Forces, where we talk about consciousness, uh, which is an incredible subject all by itself. What is consciousness, in your opinion, Robert? Well, nobody knows. Uh, And those who believe they have an answer uh, are are probably quite egoic, because we're talking about consciousness that exists everywhere. It's a fabric of our universe. Um, it's it's the subjective experience of the inner self. But what scientists are telling us is that consciousness exists at every level. Um, but what it is, we don't know. But we see it at the subatomic level, where the observation of subatomic particles can alter its ability to behave as a particle or a wave. We see it on the human-to-human level in the form of ESP. Near-death experiences, out-of-body experiences. We see it with healing with intent, psychokinesis, human-to-machine or physical mm-hmm. system interaction. We see it even on the global scale, the macroscopic level, with the Global Consciousness Project conducted in Princeton University and at the cosmological level, mathematically derived, theoretical nature. And people are, many people are ascribing to a virtual reality concept of consciousness. The point is, it's not integrated. Although we do see it, it's subtle, it's real and valid, but people don't look at the research evidence. In order to do so, you have to dig into the scientific literature and also talk to those who experience these alterations of consciousness, which come in many different forms, but they're life-altering. From that moment forward, their personal and philosophical values, perspectives are changed, generally for the better, because these individuals are sensing an aspect of consciousness or reality that's different than this one, and they're curious. The point is, we see evidence in science, we see evidence on the human level, where people are experiencing such profound uh, life-altering events that are not explainable. The medical scientific community cannot rationalize it using Newtonian principles. That's the paradigm we're operating under. So we can't blame our current paradigm 
It's not designed to analyze consciousness. We don't have the the uh, the, the firm understanding, the clear scientific uh, explanation, definition of truly what that is. But we do see something that does exist that people experience, mm-hmm. and it is real. And that's what the documentary, in part, is based on. And all those three statements you just said are very accurate. Do we know at all if it's connected to the physical brain, or is it something that exists somewhere out there in the ether that's not part of the physicality? Well, uh, that's that's the the, the critical question. Uh, is consciousness, uh, it, does it arise from the brain, or is it external to the brain? Uh, or is, does the brain integrate information from some form of energy that ex- exists externally in the space, in the universe, to which we certainly are connected? But we also have to look at the brain as well. What is it about the brain that, that causes these kinds of experiences and alterations of perception? We don't fully understand that, but there are many people who are looking at aspects of brain function, analyzing certain quantum processes, processes even, that exist at the cellular level, trying to correlate that type of uh, energy, uh, quantum process, let's say, with other kinds of, of quantum theoretical processes that do exist externally, theoretical in nature, of course. We're talking about things like the quantum hologram theory, mm-hmm. things that are that are conceptual, things that are on the leading edge of of a paradigm shift. Because quantum mechanics, it seems, as well as understanding the brain itself, are leading us to a better understanding of the nature of reality. We're talking about essentially the neuroscience of spirituality. Is there, for instance, a God spot in the brain? Some people think that if you stimulate a certain area of the brain. In the ipsilateral parietal lobe, you're going to elicit uh, uh, spiritual religious effects because when you say God into a person's ear while you're analyzing brain function, that area of the brain lights up. Now, does that mean we're programmed to to, uh, believe in a supreme being? Is it that an innate function? Is that a kind of a form of consciousness? Uh, it's hard to say because we don't have an understanding of what, what criteria to use to define it. Um, it's quite nebulous indeed. Now we're talking about torsion energy possibly. Uh, the biofocal wow. emissions from brain cells that can communicate externally. In your book, Unseen Forces, you talk about the peak experience. Explain what that is, Robert. Well, the peak experience is, is a mystical event. Uh, it's been described uh, through, throughout throughout time. Uh, it, it, Western science considers it a, a surreal perceptual experience, uh, a psychological or neurobiological anomaly. What we're talking about here is that individuals are having uh, profound experiences that leave them uh, questioning reality and what life is all about. And they come in many different forms. We mentioned some, the near-death experience or the out-of-body experience. Right. Even interactions with unidentified areas of phenomena seems to cause this type of, uh, let's say, uh, philosophical and personal alteration in viewpoints. Um, they question reality after they 
sense that they have experienced an alternate reality through something like a near-death experience, an out-of-body experience, among other transpersonal events that we consider mystical in nature that have been described in religious texts and folklore. But these individuals have fierce contention. They believe that there is a distinction between the mind and the body or the self and reality, and it becomes, uh, shall we call it, a a spiritually transformative experience. In fact, if you look at the data, there's about 200,000 people in the United States alone who have a near-death experience. And about up to 30 to 50 percent, it varies widely, say they have had a type of peak experience called a religious awakening, mystical experience, for lack of a better term. Uh, We don't know what term to use. The point is, the psychological community, the medical community, need to understand that people are having these transformative effects. They're sane individuals. Is it from the brain, however, or is it something else? We can't explain it. And thus, we often label it as an abnormality uh, and control the symptoms. And these individuals, they're altered. They have an interest in spirituality and psychic phenomena. They feel more love and compassion towards others. It's a greater awareness, it seems, of reality uh, that comes about when there's ego dissolution triggered by a peak experience, a phenomenal experience. When you start talking about it to people... Many people will start, uh, once they get to know you, share these personal experiences. It's remarkable how many people have it. But here's here's an example. It's a recent uh, experiment that was just done at John Hopkins Medical Center, presented in the leading journal. 80% of 2,500 users of a psychoactive drug, I think it was psilocybin, in this experiment said that their fundamental perception of reality had changed And about half of the people who were atheists before they took the psilocybin or the DMT, they now believed in the supreme being. Wow, that's huge. I I can't believe that either, but it's in the literature. People should know that. Among many other types of results similar to that, where the individual seemed to have a, a, an ontological shock or a profound realization, call that a peak experience, they never thought, or never imagined, let's say, that, that they could ever, <laughs> ever have those beliefs until they have a peak experience. It changes them. Talk about a uh, uh, peak experience, again, can come in the form of a psychoactive drug, but it, it, it's, it's an overload to the individual. It creates understandably great stress and are just poorly managed within our current you know, medical, psychological community. It's poorly understood, but it does give us a hint about the possible nature of true reality. And that's the point. That's the documentary with David Beatty, uh, my collaborator and co-producer. And this may be the only documentary based on consciousness that I've ever heard of, Robert. Well, you see, you see elements of it in various documentaries, I think, but, but it's never integrated into a coherent whole. Um, and that's the point. I love playing chess. And I see pieces out there that if, if moved in a proper way, strategically integrated, we have a compelling story in this documentary. We, I, we're not going to rewrite textbooks overnight, but I say within the no. next five to ten years, we're going to have a pronounced uh, uh, academic uh, more than likely, experimental finding in the area of consciousness that's going to be profound. 
And we will have leading experts and scientists in our documentary that are going to talk about it. Jeffrey Long, uh, the near-death uh, sure. physician from a near, uh, who founded the Near-Death Experience Research Foundation, Eben Alexander, everyone knows him, wrote the book Proof of Heaven, a neurosurgeon, who now lectures on his near-death experience and love. Uh, loving compassion is what it's all about. He's had vertical perceptions. And that's the other thing associated with this, George. You can't prove that people are indeed experiencing an alternate reality, although they, they are convinced they are. And with fierce determination, they seek an answer to which none exists, but they believe it. So where do we go for the hard objective evidence? None exists. We don't have the answer, uh, I don't think. But the best evidence, I think, George, is what Eben Alexander went through and other people as well. And that's called the, 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 the vertical perceptions. When they have a near-death experience, they, they come back from that experience with information that they could not have obtained right. otherwise. And they're changed uh, exactly. as people. It's a peak changed. experience. It changed in a manner similar to the other types of uh, peak experiences. It could be that DMT or psilocybin. It could be an interaction with the UAP or what people contend is a, uh, other beings associated with the UAP, which is more than likely non-physical, but it is physical indeed. It's a combination. But... But these, these, these individuals um, at Bruce Grayson and Jeff Long and I mean, Alexander talk about, um, there's various varieties. But the, in other words, uh, the deceased person can be seen. Or in other words, they, they die sometime before the individual knew they died. They only realized it after they near that experience. I had saw Uncle George on the other side. I didn't know he, he died. Well, nobody told you. He, you know, he just died. Or, or <laughs> exactly, they come back with information. Eben Alexander talks about the story. He met met a, a, a woman who claimed that he, that she was his uh, sister who had who had died before he was born. He, when he returned from his near death experience, he, he shared that and other information with his parents. And and how would he know? Years. There's no way he'd know, right? And the parents contend that. He, they never share that. There was no way he knew that information. The point is, those kinds of that evidence exists. You have to go into the literature. Again, it's anecdotal. It's hearsay in a sense. Uh, you know, science can obviously write it off um, to wishful thinking, delusions, whatever the, the explanation is. Well, one explanation is that it's real. I'm not saying that it is. Our documentary is not saying that it is. Here's the evidence. You analyze it. You figure it out. You put the pieces together. Play chess or checkers with it. It makes it a compelling story. The problem is the only way to get this story out there is to do a documentary to reach millions of people. I write my books. Uh, you know, if few people read it, yeah. But this is the only way. We need. I, I hate to bring this up, but we do need, unfortunately, money to to get this message across. And we just started to go fund me, uh, go fund me on our uh, website, consciousness info. Uh, excuse me, consciousnessfilm.info, consciousnessfilm.info. Sign up to the mailing list, please. Um, and we're we're just started that to to get this going. We want to interview these leading experts like Diane uh, Hennessy Powell. Uh, Eben Alexander, 
Alexander and Jeff Long, as I mentioned, Dean Radin, um, Tom Campbell. Uh, you should uh, talk with Raymond so. Moody, too. Have you? Yeah, yeah. You, you know, we're getting the leading experts, but also the experiences. Those who have uh, realized this alternate reality. Look, who knows better than them? You know, we have to, however, tie their experiences, which is extraordinarily similar across many different types of peak experiences, tie that subjective experience with the physical, objective evidence. And if you look at it carefully, wake up. Wake up, people. So you tie consciousness in with the near-death experience. Well, well, in, indeed, uh, but I, I, you can't say for sure. However, what what uh, that consciousness is, but there there is some aspect of of a, a, an inner knowingness, a self that that does seem to be beyond the physical. Um, and we 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 people who have this near death experience um, are indeed changed. Uh, they become more humane. After a period of, of transition, anxiety, fear, what the heck just happened to me? Um, how, can you, uh, how can you go about your daily activity after an event like that um, without questioning it seriously? Uh, and they do. And, and, and unfortunately, the incidence of divorce uh, increases dramatically after a spouse has a near-death experience to emphasize how much they change um, personally about their viewpoints, uh, again, generally, for the much more better in, in the sense of their sympathy, greater empathy. They, they also change their jobs. They become more social, engaged activists um, to help humanity. And maybe everybody should have a peak experience, but controlled. <laughs> we don't need a hammer over the head. You know, where life is changed in two minutes after an in-depth experience or an interaction with something that they can't explain. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.